0: Welcome to Performance Anxiety. In this episode, we talk with Annette Zelenskis. She's played bass for the Bangles, sang for Ringling Sisters and Blood on the Saddle. She's acted and performed spoken word and was the original singer for Medicine. Now Annette has reunited with Brad Lehner for the new Medicine album of cover songs. Pick that up on Bandcamp or wherever you download music. Follow us at Performance Annex on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy this conversation with Annette Zelenskis.
1: Okay, hey, this is Annette of Medicine and the Bangles. Ringling Sisters, Let right on the saddle. And you are listening to Performance Anxiety. All right, so how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got a little bit of a cold, so... Me too, actually. Okay, uh...
0: Going around. So. Yeah, apparently across the entire country. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank Hope
1: you. Hopefully they catch
0: it for me. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those uh, DM colds. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. it's uh it, it's funny because I had Brad Laner on not too long ago. I mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, we had a really nice conversation. And uh, I I said, "Hey, you know, if you know anybody else who might be interested in in coming on the show, let me know, because I'm always looking for new people to talk to." And first thing, said, "You got to talk to Annette." Okay. No problem. Help me get up with her. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Brad (laughs) Laner.
0: So I was doing my research. You used to be, and you, and you. All right, we'll, we'll kind of come back i want to go kind of chronologically but we i do tend to bounce back and forth a little bit but as far as your careers you you've professionally started playing bass with the bangles is that correct yeah okay now how yeah. did you how did you start with music how did you get to the point where you were playing with the bangles did you were you playing as a kid? Were you? Were your? Was your
1: no, family musical just at all? Totally weird luck, um, non-linear fashion, typical me things. <laughs> um, I I was a teenager actually, and and I just wanted to perform really badly, and and um, I was singing in the closet, in the shower, whatever you know, and just really had the bug bad, and and um, and I was looking in this weekly newspaper called the Recycler. Oh, um, yeah. which is like a classified yeah. classified paper before Craig was right. and, um <laughs> and all those and,
0: murders. You know uh,
1: yeah. And um and, uh, and and I responded to that that Susanna Hoff had placed. And uh even though I was really mostly singing, she said, Hey, we're looking for a bass player, is that something you might be interested in and I said, Sure. And wow. I had never picked up the bass before, ever. Oh, wow. looked at a bass, and 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 um, and so I got a bass and learned how to play. Oh my god! Real quick.
0: And at that <laughs> at that point, they were still called the Bangs, right?
1: Uh, well, the band hadn't even really formed yet, but oh, yeah, wow. the, so
0: they, the, the, they the were, girls—they weren't even the Bangs. They just—they were nothing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the colors for a minute. Oh my god! And then from the colors turned into the bangs, and then the bangs because there was another band out there with that name. Changed it to the Bangles.
0: Okay, okay. And so you uh, you answered an ad, and then you you end up recording with them on their very first EP, the five track EP before anything really exploded for the band. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. Mm-hmm. And I saw I, I saw some uh some videos of you guys in the early 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 days.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh you guys record so the, the EP includes four original songs and a cover uh from the New Zealand band The Laddie Dodds called How Is the Air Up There? When you, the original songs, is that something that you all worked on together? Like the band writing the whole thing, or or did like you come in with music, and or Susanna come in with music, or was it all the whole band as a, as a unit?
1: Uh, well, as far as choosing, do you mean the originals? Yes. We all kind of, okay, yeah, so the originals we all sort of contributed to, yes.
0: Okay. And how did you, uh, how did y'all decide on, uh? A cover from a, a band by New Ze- a band from New okay. Zealand.
1: Okay, that was uh, I don't know how I was I can't remember, but it, we were always we were fans of sixties um, music, and I think that came up through Vicky and uh, and Sue, I believe. Okay. But But um, yeah, yeah, I can't really remember how we <laughs> came up with that, but yeah. Well, it's an interesting. <laughs> pick
0: because it's it's not a you know a really popular band and I I don't think besides your version I don't think I've ever heard that song before.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, my somebody's knocking at the door, I think. Can can you hold on a 2nd Yeah,
0: half a second? I'm yeah sorry. sure. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Oh, um uh, no out <laughs> okay. No problem. Um okay, so we we're, we're uh, oh, I asked you about the cover. It was uh it was an interesting choice because I'd never heard that song before, before your your cover version. Mm-hmm. So I, is that a song that everybody knew, or was it something that no. somebody just said, hey, mm-hmm. I love this song, let's learn it?
1: Again, I can't really remember. It was just brought to the table. And no, not everybody knew it. I, I, again, I, I think it was either Vicky or Sue who brought up the idea of it, and then we learned it. So, yeah, no, not everybody was aware of it. And I saw... Mm-hmm.
0: I saw, um, and if you go on YouTube and and you look up the bangles from that time period, I saw a a video of you guys on an MTV show called The Cutting Edge. Uh, Oh, you're asking me
1: all these really obscure things I barely remember. (laughs) Uh, I was 18. Uh,
0: Okay. So, okay. Come on. You guys were all on a miniature golf course, and it looked like the show was hosted by Potsy from Happy Days. It was really.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, from who? Pot- Jeffrey Valance, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but he looked like Potsy from Happy Days. It was a very, it, it's very of that period. It's it's really interesting to see. To see
1: yeah, he's a pretty could... well known artist. Yeah, he was a very, um, very, very great artist, Jeffrey Valance, who hosted it. Yeah, and his, his artwork was sort of, I don't know, I guess it was sort of, I don't know, I think it was 50s, really, was it? it did. Super pop art. Oh, yeah. Just into is very pop art. Let's just say that. Yeah. He's, he's great. And then
0: you decided to leave the Bangles before they, they started recording the, the debut? Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. What,
0: and what, what what was the reason for the departure?
1: It's mm, various. It's complex. <laughs> <laughs> very complex. And Okay. <laughs> And
0: uh, you started doing a little acting and and playing with some other bands. Um, you you played with the Weather Bell, um, Blood on the Saddle, mm-hmm. and so did you? Go- yeah,
1: Blood on the Saddle happened. Uh, I was in Blood on the Saddle sort of simultaneously, and um, okay, and so I was focusing on uh, Blood on the Saddle, who at the time was on SSG New Alliance. Uh, uh record label which was uh Dennis Giboons from Minuteman's label.
0: Right, right, yeah. And
1: yeah. so uh it's a very strong um strong scene happening uh coming up. Uh and, and we we were part of that uh sort of indie world and and and, and uh, toured quite a bit. That was a very big part of the, because it because was tour. And uh yeah, so that that was for sort of about four years, I guess, something like that, and it was a very different sound
0: from the bangles and it was it was i guess it was was it cow punk was it is
1: that what it was called yeah, that's what they called it we never loved that name, but whatever yeah, but well, yeah, yep, yeah, before, before uh when i even before I joined the bangs uh I was singing and I was singing country music real real country music, like you know. Just my mother was listening to George Jones, Tammy Wynette, John Cash. Oh, cool! Um, the good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the, the, re- the real deal. Linda Ronstadt was huge. the Harris. God, list goes on. Uh, oh, Patsy Cline. Cause... Yeah, not as much though, oh, actually. Really? But but okay. Linda Ronstadt was huge, and all, a lot of the sort of '70s, um, golden age of country, you know, in '60s. Uh, so that's kind of what I was raised on, and, and folk music. So I uh, was singing that, and uh, so playing with Glenn Masala wasn't really that big of a stretch because it was definitely you know jacked up Americana music.
0: Good, I, I've gone back and, and listened to a lot of it, and I'll tell you, it, it's Greg Davis is the guitarist, right? Man, he
1: can flat out play. He's fast. Yeah, he's fast. We like bluegrass music, so in a way, that was our interpretation of bluegrass. That's interesting. Uh, that's You know, that makes a lot of sense. It's the Ramones, you know what I mean? Like, kind of yes. our interpretation of, 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 of bluegrass, uh, but still fast, as you know, bluegrass is Super fast. Yeah. Okay. That
0: that makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense now. And it's it's really good. The vocals are beautiful. It's it's so it's so different from the stuff that I was listening to back then at the time. And it's uh it's even even for what I listen to now, but it's I like it a lot. I'm I'm going back and, and starting to, to really get into Blood on the Saddle.
1: Oh right. nice, thank you so much. That's
0: awesome. It was the band named after the movie Blood on the Saddle?
1: No, uh, it was probably more in tip the Hat to the album by Tex Ritter.
0: Okay. Uh. okay, okay. <laughs> and is that the time you started doing a little acting as
1: well? Yeah, yeah. And sure, uh-huh. <laughs> around that time, yeah. <laughs> to have you listed as... Um... I'm not great with dates. I'm terrible with dates. So oh. that's why I'm like, yeah,
0: that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll take you <laughs> in that era. it In for it.
1: And
0: that, yeah. So you were in a band, uh, an evil punk rock band called the She-Devils in uh, a movie, Desperate Teenage Love Dolls.
1: Oh, I know. I wasn't in a band called the She-Doubles. That was in, oh, you say band or gang. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's listed as a band. <laughs> no, there's no, that's funny. Oh no, my that was the movie and it was a girl, you know, you know, it's all sort of tongue in cheek, but it was a ba- uh, gang, girl uh, gang.
0: Okay. And
1: called um, she Devils, and I played Suzy Switchblade. Mm-hmm. As, okay, because that that and, and desperate teenage love dolls and love doll superstar, which is a Dave Markey uh, movie, which okay. apparently Quentin Tarantino really liked when he was working at a video store, you know, because he liked all the funny, oh
0: wow, In the
1: ground awesome. stuff, and so he was a, he was a fan. Yeah, apparently, who knows? That's
0: really cool. So you may have inadvertently influenced Quentin Tarantino.
1: <laughs> who knows <laughs> that would be a stretch of a pat on the back but
0: who knows <laughs> I'm gonna say you did yeah. you don't have to say it I'll say it because nobody knows who the hell I am and they're not gonna care but oh. so how did you get started playing w- with medicine I know in between Blood on the Saddle there was a, uh, the Ringling Sisters and the Weather Bell
1: yeah um, I knew Brad from a while because I can't think maybe we was dream- Blood on the Saddle. Again, I started pretty young, so um, when you start young, you get a lot under your belt, right? So I was um, at some point. I was. I think even during Blood on the Saddle, I think I was working at a record store and in the mall, and Brad worked there too. Okay. And we were both Valley kids. And uh and so we met then and he at the time was playing in a here's another one. Gosh, he started even younger. He he started fifteen, you know, and yeah. um playing in kind of avant-garde bands, and in nature, Savage Republic. And uh so I knew of him and he knew of me and we became friends and then and then he one day a little bit later from the record store days um, called me up and said he was, he had some songs. I wanted to know if maybe I could lend vocals. And so I went over to his apartment and he played me demo, not even demo versions, just ideas of Bruca. Um, uh, and so we collaborated on, on that. A song and a few others. That, um, it was first called Ruka, but then it was Aruka. Okay, and that's one of the songs that uh, I think was released as a single later on.
0: Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite medicine songs.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, Brad and I. That was that was us coming together in full glory there, and uh, and it happened really organically. Really, where Brad and I, worked together. is really a trip. I've never been great as a collaborator, I always feel a little awkward or a little pressure or a little, just not comfortable really, you know? Okay. And, and that's just me, you know, but with Brad, it just, it just, it just, I think we had the same birthday, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) uh, It just flowed back then. And it flowed, even though it was our covers this time, totally flowed. You know, for for me. Yeah. And and then, and so it came together really well back then, and, and that's how you just uh, him picking up the phone and asking me if I wanted to sing something.
0: But you guys never really had a chance to record a, a full album together at that
1: time. No, because at the time I was in a on a label. Actually, two bands. I was on my band Weather and then another band called the Ringling Sisters, who was recording on a major label. And, and it happened simultaneously. It was a very confusing time for me because it was a big deal. The Ringling Sisters, we were being produced by Lou Adler on A and M Records, so I couldn't do both. I, you know, I was committed to Ringling Sisters far longer than you know. With medicine, it was very casual. It was very like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come over. Right. The Ringling Sisters, we blood sweat and tears it more, so I just didn't feel as committed. I guess maybe.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, if you put you put so much more effort into the Ringling Sisters at, at sure, that point. Sure,
1: and it's very passionate. And at the time, in the 90s, you weren't really allowed to be on two different major labels. It would have been kind of tricky and weird, kind of.
0: Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. I mean,
1: it would have been doable now, but then it would have been just. I don't know. I don't even know legally. It would have been.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably not worth the hassle.
1: I didn't. And I didn't know really. Again, you know, I just felt like I had to honor what I started, you know, with the Ringling Sisters.
0: So So throughout the 90s, you were in Ringling Sisters. You worked with medicine, uh, the leading train, three-hole punch and furry things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so you've, I mean. And, and some of this these kind of the the music genres I guess are, are a lot different from each other like you know you they really
1: are yeah, it yeah. Really... and and you didn't re- you did not mention my writing career because <laughs> okay. I, I just have written actually more recently I just contributed a chapter to John does more fun in the real world but oh, wow. I was doing a lot of Brooklyn word and I was on um and, some spoken word albums as well. So that was part of the Rainbow Sisters. But yeah, they're very, very different, pretty different from one another. Um, I would say the two genres were that I've been sort of consistent with is some of my, believe it or not, some of my roots here and there, <laughs> and also kind of more 60s and pop. Now you have to understand medicine, even though it's sort of shoegaze noise, it has a lot of pop element to it. I mean, Brad is a big, I mean, I'll let him speak on his, for himself but he's a big you know like Beach Boys Beatles huge Beatles fan oh yeah so in, in there is definitely pop melodies for sure oh yeah uh, so so once again you know, and there's harmonies going on too so believe it or not medicine isn't that big of a stretch as far as my pop 60s uh, sensibilities at all not at all gosh I mean we even do a version of Shall go around the roses? Is... Not only Jeanette, but uh, Great Society, you know Jefferson. Oh, that's right, Jefferson airplane song. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I, I would definitely want to get to the new album. I just I got a couple oh, okay. other questions. And like I said, you know, I don't we skip around a lot when I talk. It's it's wow. it's very casual. Sure <laughs> yeah. So uh. in between all of this stuff, you're doing spoken words. How did was that just yeah. a, a natural extension of being a singer for you?
1: Hell no! Oh, the okay. word is the scariest thing in the whole world. I've always written as as a writer. You know, being in a band, you write. Right. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I did. And and um, being in the Ringling Sisters, uh, what that started off as is a conglomerate of, of vocalists and performers and bands getting together to write and then do them at rock venues. You know, right. And some literary places like Beyond Baroque and and stuff like that. So, and then weirdly enough, we put music to it. But that, but my spoken word thing came in through the Ringling Sisters because it was an outlet. It was an outlet of a bunch of us people in band bands getting together, talking, having fun and then writing. So that was the first time I ever to, ever did that spoken word, you know, uh, platform, if you will. I've never really did that before. And, it's the scariest thing to do live of the world. I
0: can imagine.
1: Like, who really wants to listen to Spoken Word unless you are funny or <laughs> you know, lighting your hair on fire, whatever. You yeah. know, doing something <laughs> so to capture somebody, you know, it's it's tough, you know. But again, obviously Patty Smith was a huge influence because she did it in a way that yeah, some of her stuff is funny, but she she just a hypnotist, you know, she, yeah. she just she transforms. She is a hypnotist, and and so it's hard, <laughs> but it's cool. If it works, it's there's almost nothing like it. You always can tell it works when the room is quiet and there's not a lot of shifting. You start oh. hearing people, you know, getting a little bored. You're like, oh crap, this isn't working. <laughs> I feel for comedians, stand-up comedians. All I can say. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god.
1: And but yeah, but I but it's cool. I do it well that that brings me
0: to a question for you about the well a couple questions actually about performing spoken word i've heard from i've from some comedians and comedian friends and all and they they yeah. said that when they get their material down they're kind of going through it but they're also thinking ahead to mm. to the next joke or so it, it, they're thinking ahead of of What they're actually saying at the moment. Are you you doing the same thing with with spoken word in in case somebody's like you said getting a little restless? Maybe you're thinking that they're not they're not as Uh, into it as you'd like.
1: I think you can do it easier with comedy because um, you can skip over certain things. Uh With spoken word, it's a storyline, so it's it's more linear, and you have to kind of follow it, or it won't really make sense. Uh, It's not as ad lib or um, uh, improvisational. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's not as possibly, impossible. You have to kind of stick to what is in front of you or it won't really make sense. Okay,
0: that, that <laughs> um, makes sense. I mean,
1: sure, yeah, here and there you'll I'll skip a word or two, but you kind of stick to it. What you do go by is basically as a whole, you go, God, did this piece work? Yeah. Did this piece work? Yeah. And okay. then those two, and, and that's the beauty of an audience because it's the best litmus test you do. But Billy Wilder once said, you cannot um, get a better um vibe of how a uh, piece works is by a, a group of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't lie. That, that 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 doesn't lie. That's just gold. So whatever whatever's gonna happen, you can do it any place, any time, but you need to be a group of people because we're all connected, you know. Yeah. Human being. Uh even with music. Oh my God, even with music for sure. Uh what's happening and that's the beauty of life and that's the beauty of performance anxiety because when it's good it's great, when it's not it's probably one of the worst things
0: ever. Uh, And and with spoken word you're up there by yourself.
1: See, that's why yeah, no guitar.
0: Exactly, nowhere to hide.
1: No, no amp to crank up. <laughs> you can't go out. You can't go. Cover up
0: mistakes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you
0: can't go tell Greg to go, hey, do a little guitar solo. I'm going to go step out for a second and collect myself. Yeah.
1: It's horribly scary. And oh. that's where I get the most performance anxiety. But, but you just do it. You know, it's called the paper shapes. That would be a name, a name for something. Yeah, that would be. The paper shakes. So, when you, hear, when you hear,
0: hold on, Yeah. What was the impetus for you actually stepping out on stage the first time to do spoken word? What what made you really just want to go out there and and expose yourself in that way?
1: I didn't really want to. I just wanted to do it because my friends were doing it in the band.
0: Okay. You know,
1: where I'm in the Ringling sisters. Yeah. It's not that I didn't want, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to do spoken word. It was more like they invited me into the into the group. I accepted because I totally dug them as people and as musicians and artists. And part of what they did was to do live second work. So I did it wow. with that, with peer pressure.
0: <laughs> and do you get uh, hooked on it? Like uh, I know a lot of a lot of people I know that, that will go out and they, they get a, a decent response from the audience yeah, and they're hooked.
1: I don't get hooked on it because it's, so, it's that performance anxiety for uh. me. I do it because I have to do it because it's how, how you have to get heard. Yeah. And, and, and I do it if I'm invited on, on – um, several things and I will only do it no it's it's that scary I don't like I don't okay oh wow I need to book myself (laughs) (laughs) No. whoa no oh no and I but you know it's it's not that horrible sounding now I mean I do spoken word about uh gosh three times a year or four times a year so it's not like I never do it you know
0: okay but you're not going yeah. out like uh, out like Rollins and doing a spoken word tour.
1: No, again, Rollins is really funny. I mean, he's kind of like a comedian standup. He is. If you really think about it, he really is. He's he's, he's kind of improv. He's not looking at paper. He's yeah. he's off off the top of his head with stories, so he's able to improvise pretty good. And he's pretty some, pretty good, yeah. And
0: yeah, he's got some good stories to tell too.
1: He's got good stories to tell. My stuff can be funny, but it's not intentional.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, sometimes those are the best, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We'll go there. We'll go there.
0: (laughs) All right. So after after, um, not working with Brad for, what, 20 years Uh almost or so? Many. (laughs) Did you guys – were you guys – Staying in touch throughout this whole time because you just not
1: really. He was doing his thing and I was doing mine. Oh wow! Not really. We he just of you know, life happens. Yeah, no, no. Did he? Not and,
0: on and so you guys have just recently collaborated on a new album. Did he reach out to you to to be the vocalist
1: on this? Uh, we started getting in touch again through Facebook, I think. Okay. We we're like messaging each other a little bit, and. I think I said, "Hey, do you want to maybe report? And he goes, "Yeah." He was pretty shook up from—we both were pretty shell shocked from the election, so there wasn't a plethora of activity coming around from either of us um, so, that much. So I think we both were kind of had some time and just sort of um, wanted an outlet, and so—and um, so this was probably a couple years ago then came over and I had some ideas, real, real, um, just real abstract ideas. And then he came up with the idea of, hey, let's maybe do some covers. And so from there, um, Matt Devine, who's on guitar, and a friend, between the three of us, we'd come up with different songs, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. Obviously the ones that are on, (laughs) uh, or the ones that, you know, worked. Once yeah. uh, <laughs> the album worked, you know. But, but we just kind of threw in ideas into a hat as we went along. Again, super organic. Again, just super casual, slow. You know, recording when we could. No uh, real deadline, really, you know what I mean? Okay. And, and yeah. so but, but it happened. The recording process itself was super fast. Um, okay. I mean, seriously, the vocals are done, like, with... with one thrown off my ear, you know, at
0: okay. this
1: place—it was—it was very, very um, um, simple and very organic, you
0: know. Well, the choices of songs is very interesting. I mean, you've got some great stuff on there. Like, like uh, the first song that was released—the the first song I heard from it was the Bob Welch song, "Sentimental Lady."
1: Good. Yeah, that was Matt's, a idea. I was Really? I was surprised. Um, that one really surprised me, single, of um, how it turned out. Not that I didn't think it was a weird, good choice, because we didn't want obvious choices. That was perfect for it, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, the interpretation that medicine has done is, like, kind of really made it a new song. <laughs>
0: It You know, it really has. I mean, it's, it's sort of
1: unrecognizable as, as, as a Bob lounge you know? Yeah. Even though it was good. I liked, I liked the original version for sure. Oh, it, it's funny. But again, because, I, to me, it sounds almost poppier in some sense, weirdly I, enough. I don't know.
0: I love it because it was a song that I had kind of forgotten about, and I heard the medicine yeah. version. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember this song. My parents loved this yeah. song. <laughs> I yeah. remember driving around in the, the car. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So did you guys each bring in ideas for covers? And is there a, yeah. a, is there anything that didn't make the album that you were kind of hoping would? I
1: can't remember. I can't remember which one didn't make it. I brought in a couple. I brought in the Codeine oh, um, yeah. song. And um, Solid Ground the Roses. I oh. think I brought in another song that, that didn't cover. Honestly, I cannot remember. It could have been a folk song. It could have been an idea of which one will call it the song on... Uh, God, oh, what is that horror movie? Thing? It's in my doo, doo, doo. Um, To the 60s uh, uh, something, Matt Wickerman. It's in Wickerman. Um, oh, oh, killing me. You know which one I'm talking about, right? I do,
0: but I'm, my mind is going blank. A
1: really pretty haunted, like, spooky song. I brought that in, um, but it's that Wickerman song. Whoever knows about out there, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, let us. It's, you comments. know, I'll, I'll be probably Googling it when we get up. Um, anyway, that song I brought in it didn't, didn't make sense. Um, and the other ones I can't remember that Brad or not out of, I can't remember really. I
0: I'll tell you, I really like that you do a monkey song and you do a Judy Sill song, which I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a what recent, I yeah, I've become a recent fan of Judy Sill over the past few years. I didn't had never heard of her and then somebody that I know posted something and I started listening and my favorite song of hers by of all time is The Donor. But mm-hmm. no very few people know about her. So I I love the fact that you added a uh, Judy Silt track it, to the album.
1: That that's a Brad and uh it's funny, somebody said they thought they thought it was a country like it's interesting everybody's take on it. I always thought it was kind of Beetle-y, revolver sounding. Oh, <laughs> um yeah. You know what I mean, but but it's, it's awesome how everybody has their own interpretation. I yeah. love that song so much, and I remember we were recording it around the time that the rumblings of uh, Tarantino's filming uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm like, oh man, this would be the perfect song because oh, wow, yeah. from the point of view of a woman in jail, yeah. right? You know, Again, and yeah. and she was in jail, so it's kind of um, kind of based on facts. Those yeah. lyrics, um, Dead Time, Oh, beans. God, you know this would be so good, so perfect, you know. <laughs> but he, Tarantino obviously used uh, you know songs that were already recorded. Still, yeah. I just that to me that and Scarf for Life, I just love love so much. Those two. Oh those yeah. Song Happy, yeah.
0: And you guys do a, a pretty faithful version of Expecting to Fly, which I thought was great.
1: We do very pretty faithful for sure, but I'm fine with that because it's just so pretty. Oh yeah it's so so pretty it was it we did record it in the summertime you know and that's about a <laughs> uh, kind of seasonal summer love you know and and it was just a, it was just a, meant a lot to me doing it, even though we did do it for pretty close it yeah The it's, original version yeah
0: yeah, it's kind of like uh, the other side of doing the Bob Welch song he really transformed. Sentimental lady, but still keeping it recognizable, but expecting to fly is is much more faithful to, to the original.
1: Yeah. Again, no rhyme or reason. It just, I don't know why some flew in another way, and this one stayed the same. I don't know. It's
0: whatever felt right.
1: Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
0: you've also gone back to playing bass for the Bangles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how did that come about again?
1: Again, Annette's life is very nonlinear. Um, linear <laughs> uh, A uh, couple of friends uh, were trying to put together a reissue on omnivore recordings called Ladies and Gentlemen the Bengals. And that was to put together, um, uh, you know, re-release basically the EP. Right? Okay. So when that happened, they put some shows together around it. And that was Three Nights at the Whiskey with Berries and the Muffs included.
2: Uh-huh. Pandora's
1: um, and uh, other bands and um Hunter Flowers. And um, anyhow, when that happened, then Susanna said, hey, would you be interested in maybe doing other shows? And I said, sure, you know, I need to learn all the songs. I, I knew, you know, the ones I recorded on, the other ones. So then there was another um, project called 3 by 4 which is put out by Rock Records. And that was us interpreting other Paisley Underground songs by the Dream Syndicate and oh. or the 3 o'clock and then everybody exchanging song ideas, right? Okay. And, and we did that. And so we did a few shows from that. We're actually going to be doing a couple more shows coming up in March with that. Oh, cool! And um, and so from that, um, again, Sue said, "Hey, would you want to play some some shows?" And I said, "Sure." And, uh, outside of those projects, as as the Bengals. so we played. We just played the Kaboob Festival in Del Mar, and then I played a few big shows in town at. Um, in Orange County at the Honda Center, and then at the Microsoft, and um, some places in Vancouver and on um, Canada. Not a lot, but some, you know, and, and and they don't really play that often. They play a handful of shows a, a year, maybe. Okay. And um, and so that's been happened for the last couple of years, and uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, and and. Um, and also back to Blood on the Saddle, though, jumping back real quick, I forgot sure. to mention this, that just recently from again, Modovina, a good friend, and he works in publishing. He has just uploaded a bunch of old stuff I sang on the first, second album on Spotify and iTunes, so it's streamed now. Oh, so you cool. can find some of that, and that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been up and, and available to to the public forever so that's oh, a big deal wow um, that's awesome and that... that just happened that just happened um like last week i think oh cool um mm-hmm. so that's super cool and then yeah and then the bangles though back to the bangles so i've been playing and the we played with Shell crow um on the bell and that was super amazingly fun oh wow um yeah no i mean her band is phenomenal. I guess she's not, I guess I know everybody lives in Nashville. Okay. You know, for, for working musicians, it's a real happening place. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was just so much fun. And, um, and so now um, I am just kind of, uh, focusing on medicine. You know, I like to try to stay busy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. And, I and probably my next project will be, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, focusing on doing actually very stripped down country stuff. Oh, recording. Cool. You know, Yeah. Going now... well, simple. You I know, that. that's awesome. <laughs> real, real, the real deal. Yeah. It's what my, i
0: you said you're going to be recording that. And I'm assuming to be released. And then will there be, any support with any touring? or Do you stay local? Or I do don't you...
1: know yet. We're not there yet. I don't know about... I mean, I will... For sure, I will be touring. Right. Yeah. hmm
0: And, and the, with medicine, I know Brad says he doesn't really do tours with that kind of stuff anymore. So I guess that's basically yeah. just to, to support it, you just need to buy the album.
1: Yeah, and or if it was something that I think would be worthwhile for Brad, he would do it. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I would love And or
1: could change with him. You know, you never know.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. So, if you guys could come out to the East Coast, I'd have to keep an eye on that because I'd love to see that.
1: Never, never know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I know I've kept you a good while here. Where can people follow medicine and, and you to keep up with the, your music? And, uh, and? Well,
1: medicine has, um, Brad is pretty good about the medicine website and also on Facebook and Instagram and, um, the bangles have tons of things out there on Spotify, on, um, on all platforms of media on Twitter is, a, is pretty active. And, um, as far as I go, there's really other than medicine. I don't really have any, anything to follow at this point, <laughs> but I will. <laughs>
0: Everybody needs to keep an eye out on, on all any social media platform for
1: what you do. And also, um, I'm, 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 again. The John Doe's More Fun in the New World um, book that came out in June, still out there. You can get that anywhere, um, awesome. Amazon or what have you, just online. And that kind of talks a lot about what we just talked about, but
0: that's, well, that's in the chapter, great. they can read <laughs> about it instead of hearing it now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can totally, totally read it, well, and it's on audio too. So you can listen
0: to oh, it. Oh, see that that works perfectly for me because uh, I've got a long commute to work, and I get I can. Oh, hey listen while i work yeah
1: i I love audio the front tape i really
0: do i think it's great oh i I listen i do audiobooks. i listen to all kinds of podcasts it's i love oh cool yeah you're yeah you're with the
1: kids yeah
0: Yeah, exactly that's
1: awesome
0: i really do appreciate you coming on and spending so much time with me and telling me about
1: oh my pleasure
0: thank you so much oh totally my pleasure
1: You did your you did your research. For sure, <laughs> I tried. I tried. You did. <laughs> you did great.